We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always go over and check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome. It is good to be back for another Friday edition of the show. Yeah, great to be back as always, Kyle. I, I feel like it's been forever since the Eagles game, like a really long time. But it was just a week ago, and we did the post-game summary, and, you know, the game wasn't fun, but it was kind of <laughs> fun to to go through it and, and really talk about it, and I, I thought it was kind of cathartic. My voice is back to its usual annoying self, so no more scratchy Macy Gray voice for me. But I'm looking forward to what is hopefully going to be a palate cleanser against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, we got a little uh, spoiled coming into the season here with the three wins in a row. And then we had, obviously, the Eagles game, which was a great game, but a hard one at the end there, the way that it ended. So looking forward to a Week 5 matchup uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. And so uh, as a part of our show today... Uh, we want to turn our attention to the key matchups in this game. And if you've been listening to Andrew and I on Fridays, you know that key matchups and X-Factors has kind of been our thing. That Those have been our, our theme of our shows. And so we're going to keep doing this because every game script is so different depending on the matchups. 
When Aaron Rodgers faces a soft secondary, we definitely want to highlight that. When a defensive line faces a run-heavy offense, we want to highlight that because these really are the matchups that, depending on how they go, will dictate the flow of the game and how the Packers coaches will have to alter their game plans and adjust. And so we know the Packers have the Cowboys this week. And so uh, let's go ahead and start by looking at some of the matchups that the Packers offense will have to keep an eye on this week as they prepare for the game in Dallas. Andrew, will you kick us off here uh, with the offense? Absolutely. And if you know me, you know I never follow the rules of this game ever. <laughs> ever. I just I'll pick like half the offensive unit and, <laughs> and then talk about them. But I, I really think that Jake Kumaro, Geronimo Allison, and Darius Shepard against the Cowboys cornerbacks is going to be the key matchup for the offense. Dallas may possess the best linebacking core in the entire league, and I have a feeling they will be keyed, keyed in on stopping Aaron Jones in the running attack. And if they are, then it is going to be crucial for the Packers receivers to start gaining Aaron Rodgers' trust. We know MVS, he's going to get a lot of attention, but I don't think the Cowboys secondary is something that Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are going to be losing a lot of sleep over. I said in when, when we in the offseason went through all of the matchups for this season, I said I think the Cowboys secondary is its weak link, and I still think that despite them looking pretty solid through at least the first three games. Even though I don't think they're particularly great, the Packers' young receivers obviously are super unproven. So if Jay Kumaro or Derek Shepard want to take a huge step forward in their careers, Sunday would be a really, really nice time for them to do just that. And equally as important, Aaron Rodgers needs to trust those two. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't have the guts to say this later in the show, but we're going to talk about uh, some X-Factor players later on. And Darius Shepard is a guy that I would love to see because he's a different kind of a player. And I think you can say that Jake Kumro brings a little bit of a different kind of a player than uh, even, you know, Geronimo Allison and MVS. But Darius Shepard brings something very different. And so we'll see if on Sunday, kind of forced into a, a new situation, if we get a little bit more out of Darius Shepard than we've seen. And I'll be really intrigued because one of the best ways to get really good, instinctive, athletic linebackers like the the Cowboys have to make mistakes is to bring jet sweep action into your running game. So you get them peeking in the backfield at a Darius Shepard mm-hmm. running that that end around motion or, or maybe one of those wide sweeping pre-snap movements. And then suddenly you get the linebackers to take a, a false step or move forward a little bit. And then you, you have Aaron Jones getting some uh, better running lanes or you have a player sneaking behind the linebackers into the zone. Speaking of players sneaking behind the linebackers and getting into the zone, the guy that I'm going to talk about here to keep an eye on is Jimmy Graham. And I was going to talk about, you know, these Dallas linebackers and safeties are going to, they're good players, especially as Andrew mentioned, they've got a really athletic group back there. And so how Jimmy Graham fares on Sunday is going to be really interesting because the Packers have said, and Aaron Rodgers has said, and Coach LaFleur has said that Green Bay needs to get Jimmy Graham more involved in the offense. And last Thursday night, the Packers, did just that. Graham was targeted nine times and had six catches for 61 yards and the TD. Now, a few of those incompletions could have been huge if they were uh, caught because they were in the back of the end zone and would have 
uh, done a lot to change the outcome outcome of that game. But I think the Packers got a good taste of how they can properly utilize Graham uh, last week. And you can call it stubbornness. You can call it a good idea. But I think Green Bay will try to create ways to keep Graham involved this week, especially if Adams is a no-go in this game. Uh, Things have been a little bit different over the last several weeks because they've played the Dolphins and they've played the Redskins, who are not legitimate as a threat to anyone. So it's hard to gauge tight end success here. But uh, in week one against the Cowboys, Evan Ingram put up 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. So I'll be watching to see if the Packers make it a priority to keep Graham involved. And if they do, uh, to see if he's able to capitalize on the opportunity in a way that's even close to what Evan Ingram was able to do in week one. Yeah, and it does seem like Matt LaFleur is starting to figure out how to properly utilize Jimmy Graham. And that is to keep him out of situations where he's forced to block. Yeah. (laughs) I, I know that doesn't really fit in with what LaFleur wants to do in his scheme, but I, I think Graham may actually see some benefit in playing wide receiver. You know, like just <laughs> call him what he is. Yeah. Let's, you know, where we're, I think the, the Packers are going to be struggling to find help at that position. So, you know, maybe let him stand up. He yeah. He doesn't have to be in line to be an effective weapon over the middle of the field or even let him let him go out wide and match up with some of Dallas's cornerbacks. Yeah, and you know, he's wanted to be a wide receiver in the past. He wanted to be paid like a wide receiver. And with Adams out, you know, we're looking for a wide receiver. So like you said, put him in position to succeed. Uh, but anytime you play on the road, uh, that's a huge challenge. You can't undersell the importance of acknowledging that you're you're on the road. But we know that Arlington, Texas kind of serves as a second home for Aaron Rodgers, it seems. So uh, we'll see if Rodgers and LaFleur can keep this offense headed in the right direction on Sunday. But let's go ahead and talk about the defense now, Andrew. What what matchups do you think are going to play a big role in this uh, in this game for the defense on Sunday? You know, and it's interesting because it is a road game, but typically when the Packers play in Arlington, you you see the Cowboys struggling a little bit because there's a really large percentage of the fans that are going to be Green Bay Packer fans. And we know the Packers fan base travels well, and also there's some people in, in Texas that have picked up the Packers as their team. And so... I, w- I wonder, you know, will Dak Prescott maybe have to go on a silent count? Uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about why that may be a particular challenge with my actual choice for key matchups. And that is the Smiths and Rashawn Gary against the Cowboys tackles. It looks more and more likely that Tyron Smith will miss this game. And that would put Cameron Fleming at left tackle. And even Lyle Collins, the right tackle, may play, but he is super banged up. And what I love, love, love about the Smiths is that they rush the passer in a way that also allows them to set a heavy edge. So teams largely have to beat the Packers when they're running up the middle because they're not going to give them those huge gaping outside lanes that other players in the past, (laughs) Clay Matthews, may have left wide open because they didn't have the discipline to stay in their rush lanes. The Eagles took advantage of that, right? Like running it up the middle. But I have a feeling Mike Pettin is going to have some adjustments for this game. And in addition to slowing down the running games, Darius and Preston, along with Gary, are going to be tasked with getting at Dak Prescott in passing situations. So, 
if the defense can win first and second down, the passing game is going to be limited with Dak's blindside being manned by a player that he's not entirely comfortable with. So the Packers just need to find a way to get to Dak and then probably the biggest challenge, get him to the ground. Yeah, absolutely. That will be the challenge, and I hope that those guys are up for it. It's always fun. That's one of the been the, one of the funnest parts of watching these four games this season has really been the improved play off the edge. So we'll hope that that continues on Sunday. But the Cowboys rank in the top ten in points per game and yards per game, and so as much as uh, some has been made um, of the Dak Prescott contract conversations and people even making fun of those conversations and what he's probably going to get made and what kind of a caliber quarterback he is. This offense has done some really nice things this season and will be a good test for Green Bay as they try to rebound from the loss in Philly. Um, But for me on defense, I'm going to be watching the Cowboys wide receivers against the Packers defensive backs. Uh, More specifically, I'll be watching to see how the Packers handle former Packer Randall Cobb in this game. And this one, it's it's not as simple as we might hope because the Packers cornerbacks are a little bit dinged up right now. And uh, tomorrow's show will give us a little bit of an update on the injury front. But as of Wednesday's practice, and I think there were some clarifying things today, it looks like neither Kevin King or Tony Brown practice with uh, groin and hammy injuries. So obviously we know that Jair is a stud, and I would imagine that they will have him seeing plenty of Amari Cooper. Uh, But who matches up with Michael Gallup, who looks like he's probably good to go on Sunday? And obviously Randall, Randall Cobb is going to be really interesting because if King plays, he is a good matchup with Gallup, especially after playing better last week. But if King and Brown can't go, then we're probably looking at Josh Jackson on the outside with Gallup and Tremont Williams in the slot with Randall Cobb. And since we don't really know what to expect from Josh Jackson, that would really be worth watching. That'd be fun to see his development. But I would you know, find a veteran battle between Tremont and Cobb to be really, really fun to watch in the slot as well. And I do think that we'll see a decent amount of Tremont in the slot. But I saw an interesting stat this week from PFF that said that Darnell Savage has logged 48 snaps in the slot so far this year, which is second most on this Packers team. So I would also think that we would see some Cobb versus Savage on Sunday as well. Uh, Normally a rookie playing those kind of key snaps might make you a little nervous, but Savage's opposing passer rating is the second lowest in the NFL among slot defenders. So you feel pretty good. Uh, You feel okay with him taking on that key assignment uh, because he's just honestly been awesome so far this year and actually has um, the highest odds right now of being selected as the defensive rookie of the year, according to Vegas right now. So great start for Savage. But as you would expect, Amari Cooper has been Dallas's primary target with 29 uh, so far in these first four weeks. But Randall Cobb has 21 for himself. And uh, with Cooper having a tough matchup with Jair Alexander and Randall Cobb, this kind of being a revenge game for him, I'm really excited to see how Green Bay plans to stop Dallas's receivers, specifically Randall Cobb, um, this Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and you you mentioned pro football focus. I I believe Jair is PFF's highest rated cornerback in the entire league. So I'm not that worried about Amari Cooper. And I really like the idea of Tremont and Cobb battling it out. Tremont's likely to know all of Cobb's tricks from what probably are countless practice reps against each other. And I'd love to see how the two veterans go against uh, one another during this game. 
And don't sleep on Jason Witten over the middle. The The Cowboys are one of the best teams in the league on third down conversions, and Witten's return to the NFL from his disastrous stretch as an announcer has been a big part of them being really good on third down. Yeah, I was really surprised when I looked up the uh, target rate for the Cowboys uh, to look at the receivers, and I saw Witten sprinkled in there. I just kind of expected he would be having a much smaller uh, impact in that offense. And it seems like he's contributing uh, maybe not at the rate he was before, but in a significant way uh, to this point in his career. So we'll see how that looks on Sunday with Witten as well. Uh, But we talked about some key matchups on both sides of things, but now let's turn our attention uh, to some X factor players. Maybe uh, somebody that doesn't immediately come to mind as a weekly impact player, but someone that might fly under the radar a little bit who we think is going to have a huge impact on this game on Sunday. So, Andrew, who is your X-Factor player this week? Well, you mentioned him just briefly, but I think it's going to be Josh Jackson. He He's a guy that was just too good in college not to make some plays as a pro. He's got the instincts. He's got the ball skills. He just needs to put everything together. And with this secondary being as banged up as they are, I think this is finally the week. I think Dak's going to be looking for a lot of quick throws. And Jackson, I'm going to predict that he ends up with an interception. Nice. And and him playing well would be a massive deal because it would limit the the damage that Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb can do. And I'm assuming the Packers figure out something against the run. And that's really, you know, if, if the Packers can limit what Dallas is doing in the running game, and we have Jair shutting out Amari Cooper, then really the only other way to move the ball is Gallup, Cobb, and Jason Witten. And if if you can let Darnell Savage concentrate on Witten and you can let Tremont concentrate on Cobb, then putting Josh Jackson on the outside where he really belongs against Michael Gallup could be a really great opportunity for him to shine. Yeah, it would be great to see him get a you know boost of confidence because I think that's one of the biggest things that he's needed, especially as being grabby was one of his limitations last year. So a little bit of confidence that he is uh, the player that he was in college and has that talent to come to the NFL would be great for him going forward. But uh, the guy that I'm going to say is my ex-caliber I mean, he's probably an X-caliber player, but he's probably an X-factor player as well, uh, is Geronimo Allison. Um, I think MBS is a nice, young, ascending player, a great piece for this offense. But I think that Aaron Rodgers still has a different level of trust with Allison, especially when it comes to the reliability of his hands. And MVS is probably going to get some deep shots and do some nice things on Sunday. But I think that if Adams misses time in this game, Allison is in for some really good work here. And I think he'll be leaned on pretty heavily by Aaron Rodgers, especially in the move the chain kind of situations when you need those clutch catches. So I uh, expect a big game from GMO uh, to have a, in, just to really show up in Sunday's game. I'm not going to go on and make crazy predictions like Andrew here with the, the interception claims and those kinds of things. But I do think that Geronimo will have a big impact in this one. All right. So just in case Dusty Evely is listening, you you mentioned the reliability of Geronimo's hands, and, and he has pointed out numerous times how Geronimo Allison's drop rate is actually, like, alarmingly high. Really? Yeah, and, and I know, because I have the same perception, right? Like, that, yeah. that Geronimo, because he is limited athletically, must be a fantastic catcher. And you don't notice those 
drops very often for whatever yeah. reason. It's not like Devontae Adams in his second yeah. year. Well, really, he had the drops yeah. for better a long part time. Of yeah. three years. Yeah. Um, you don't notice them as much. And so no. that is really interesting. Well, so I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go check this out because I was convinced that Geronimo, since, uh, oh, Richard Rogers might have had some of the best hands on the team. So I'm going to have to go back and uh, and take a look at this. So, just, all just right. Interesting. I, I had to throw it out there because I was listening to Thursday's podcast and and Dusty went off kind of on a rant about it. And so I, I just thought that was really funny. So, okay. Any, Anyways, we have some transaction news to talk about. I think maybe some people have have covered this, but Tim Williams, the former Alabama star and third-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens, was claimed after uh, Baltimore waived him. Yeah, so they uh, picked him up off of waivers, and so obviously uh, Green Bay got a player here that they believe is um, a special athlete, someone that they can hopefully put in as a depth piece, and obviously has familiarity uh, with Milt Hendrickson and Baltimore, and we've seen the connection there uh, this year, you know, on several occasions, and so a little bit of familiarity with uh, Zadarius Smith as well, and so hopefully he can bring him along and he can be a contributor. We know that he's going to be um, someone who's probably he's always kind of been a weakness as setting the edge so he's not that kind of player that we've already praised the Packers for having those strong edge uh, setting uh, defensive ends but uh, someone that can be a little bit of an influx of athleticism and a little bit of a flash player to maybe get to the quarterback so we'll see if Tim Williams can maybe develop and shake some of his injury history now that he's in Green Bay yeah we talked a lot about the Packers lacking that sort of other kind of pass rusher like the Smiths and Rashawn Gary are sort of similar and Kyler Fackrell is expected to be that other guy. So you wonder if if Tim Williams, I, I doubt he's active on Sunday. That that would be asking quite a lot to to learn the system and be up to speed. But if he is going forward, you wonder if he eats into any of Kyler Fackrell's playing time. The one other question that I had for you, Kyle, before we end the show today, are the Cowboys paper tigers. I have literally no idea what paper tigers did, are. Did you? Did I see you just Google? <laughs> yes, I was, I was like, what is a paper tiger? <laughs> That's great. Okay, so it is just like, are they really good on paper, but really not that strong? Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Good. I was afraid that I was living under a rock and I missed some kind of weird like, like, like social people- reference. Are people talking them up too much? Okay, thank you so much. I feel so stupid, but I mean, we'll see. They're the Cowboys. So, like, my as a fan, I would like to say that the answer to this is yes, just because I still don't believe Dak Prescott is the player uh, that the Cowboys are probably about to pay him to believe or believe that he is and uh, the pay that they're going to give him to justify that. But, uh, man, I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? You know, the first three games of the season, you basically have to throw out because they're against some of the NFL worst teams. And what you saw last week against New Orleans, I think, is a little bit more accurate of of what they are currently. And that is a good team, but not great. I think I severely underestimated the Cowboys leading up to the season. I even said that I thought Washington was a better team than them. And obviously that is not the case. Because Washington's one of the worst teams in the league. So poor assessment on my part. But Dallas 
seems like a team that gets a lot of pub because their offensive line is supposed to be legendary. Yeah. And they certainly have a big three in Dak and Zeke and Amari Cooper. And they have a lot of talent at linebacker. I just don't think that they have a lot of the other pieces. And with their offensive line being a little bit banged up, and I don't think their defensive line is as as good as advertised. Their secondary has always kind of been a weakness. I think there's some holes on this team, and I think they can be exposed. I would say the Packers and the Cowboys are probably on a level playing field at this point. And so I would not be surprised if Sunday's game comes down to a last possession. And we are okay with last possessions here when we have Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback. We've seen how that's worked out, especially uh, in Dallas there at the Arlington Stadium. Um, So um, we've learned a lot today. We talked about x-factors we talked about matchups to watch and i've learned a little bit about what a paper tiger is so i feel like i've gotten my money's worth out of this podcast today andrew we we try to be educational when we can (laughs) people log in for football content and they get you know maybe more socially adjusted comments than i'm used to i don't know my guess is somebody's going to be like well you misuse that term so uh, you know i i don't know it's it, that that's the way I understand that term, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's I'm so right. I'm so glad you caught me over here googling the phrase <laughs> to try to figure out what in the world this is about. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're uh, wrapping up the show then, I guess, and uh, that's all the time <laughs> because that's all the time we have for today. This has been the Pack a Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast as well. Subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Jason and Mark with an update on the injury report for Sunday's game. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. We're going to be back next week and we'll be breaking down um, uh, or we'll be taking a look, I should say, at the Lions offense and how they match up with the Packers defense in week six. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.